0: It is so great to be here with all of you in this place. Uh, welcome also to week number three of a series we're calling Christmas. What's in it for me? Uh, what we're, we're just going head on uh, into really looking uh, at why he did it for us. Like we're just looking what what do we get out of it? What can we look into and look forward to? Uh, we're going to get to that here in, in one minute. But right now I want to take a second to look at the camera say hello to all of you who are joining us online. Thank you for watching, taking advantage of wherever you're watching this from. And if you're close enough to be with us, I mean, we got an open series for you. Uh, we'd love for you to come uh, visit with us and hang out with us, uh, explore God with us wherever you are, because this is a great place to be. Amen, everybody? Great place to be. We just can't wait for you to be here uh, with us. And also, real quick before we get to it, uh, I just want one more time, you heard it uh, earlier, I want to remind us of the Christmas services. Just one more time, give it to you. Uh, again, we got four services going on Monday the 23rd, uh, Tuesday the 24th, 5 and 7 p.m. Uh, and I just want to give you a heads up, uh, just to make sure you register online right now. You could go on the River Ridge app right now as we speak. You'll see a little Christmas tree icon there. Go online at riverridge.org. You can do it right now. I won't be offended if you get on your phone right now and register. Now here's why. Uh, There is already a service that is at capacity. So uh, make sure you you find out which one you want to go to. Get everybody signed up. Invite people. This is an awesome time of the year to invite. Like This is one of the uh, easiest times people would accept an invitation. I can't tell you how many times uh, I talk to people and they say their first experience uh, at River Ridge was a Christmas service. So man, invite people. Register for services. And again, we're just asking that. It doesn't mean you can't come to the service uh, if it's full or anything we just want to let you know it's going to be a little tight if it's full and we want to make sure we have enough seats everybody like like it's a different service from the lobby just saying okay we've gone through that before we want everybody to have a seat help us out by doing that and then you can know uh which ones are full uh, again we're getting real close to another one uh, filling up so make sure you fill uh sign up for those services okay all right hey if you have your bibles Or your phones, go ahead and grab those, and you can open them up uh, to Matthew chapter one. Matthew chapter one is where we're going to be a little bit, and really uh, worth getting there. If especially if you have phones, we're going to explore a few little things in there Uh, because one of the things uh, that captures me, really captures me about the Christmas story is how Matthew, and this was a guy who hung out with Jesus, he, he saw what he did and all that stuff, but it's, one of the interesting things to me is how Matthew actually starts out the Christmas story. He doesn't start it in a way that we would start it, I don't think, not with everything that was going on. I don't think he starts it in the typical way. I even bet that a lot of us, when we start to read the Christmas story, when we sit down and read Matthew, I'll bet we skip over the first part of this uh, because it's just not a normal thing, because he starts it uh, not with once upon a time. He doesn't start it with like, you know, pregnant Mary and, and you got the bad guys and the king and the rebels and the rebellion and all that. You know, all the, all the cool stuff, exciting, the shepherds over here and all that stuff. He doesn't start it uh, in that way. Actually, he starts it a little different. Here's how Matthew starts it. This is Jesus coming, like God coming in the flesh. And he's like, man, this is great. Here's how he starts it. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and Abraham. And then over the next 16 verses, he just lists name. Look, I, I gave you a little snapshot of this. Name after name of, of all of Jesus' line all the way from the beginning, like insert eyes glossing over right now. Like, right? Like, it's just like, man, just so much. And he, and, and here's why he did it, though. It's very interesting. He, he did it for a reason. He did it for a few reasons, actually. One of the main reasons why he did this because he was writing then, when he was writing this, he was writing this to primarily a Jewish audience. And, and every one of them... Uh, when they started like learning and, and hearing about Jesus, he knew that in order for them to even entertain the idea that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was God's son, that they would that he, they knew he would have to come from David's family. They would have to know. It. So, so they were like, you know, I know Jesus was great. I know you were with him, but but here's the question. Like, you know, is he in David's family? Is, is he in David's line? And so Matthew just says, okay, I'm going to settle that right away. He says, I'm just going to go ahead and, and start there and right away with that. But here's what was really unusual. Like it wasn't unusual that actually he, he starts out the story of Jesus with the genealogy. In fact, most f- famous people back then, especially kings, that's how they were actually introduced in stories. They, the, the, that was more of like a resume back then. Uh, you know, like we have a resume today. That's how everybody was known. It was known by your family line, by your bloodline. So it would be like, you know, King so-and-so, the son of so-and-so. That's just how it was. That wasn't unusual. But what was unusual was who Matthew actually included in Jesus's family tree because people back then, they would do the same thing with genealogies that we, I'm not saying all of you, some of us may do with our resumes, which is what you would do is you kind of put all the good stuff in uh, and then you kind of leave out that, you know, that one job that you're only in for like six months, you know what I mean? You just conveniently kind of leave that one out and just be like, yeah, nothing, I was just kind of hanging out then, right? Like, you know you do it. You know you've done it. Don't even say you haven't done it. But that's kind of what they did then. Like, kings would be like, no, don't put him in there. Like, we're not, we're not gonna, we're not going to remember that guy. That's what they would do as well. But not Matthew. Not Matthew. In fact, Matthew, what he did was not only would he put in, that he put in all the names that everybody would be proud of to say, no, I'd love that I'm associating with that. Matthew actually doesn't leave anyone out. In fact, he even goes out of his way to put these faces on the family line, the faces that people did not want to remember, people that they were like, no, we don't want to know the story. Like, don't tell, we don't, you know, he did all of that. Let's look at this uh, for a second. I want to take a look at this for a second. It starts out fine enough uh, with most people. It says, this is a record of the ancestors of Jesus, the Messiah, a descendant of David, and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah, to which everybody reads. was like, no, no, those are like, those are our guys. Like, those are like the heroes of, of our faith. Like, everybody wanted to associate with them. Good start, Matthew. Uh, and then Matthew kind of goes on. Verse three, here's what he says in verse three. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar now why do we got to bring mamas into this like what's your deal like nobody brought moms into this nobody actually in any genealogy you read back in history nobody included women uh, in genealogies but but Matthew he actually went out of his way to go oh you you remember Tamar right? Like, you remember her, and everybody's like, yeah, why do you have to make us remember Tamar? Now, for those of you who don't know, I want to keep this PG a little bit, uh, but here's what happened with Tamar. Tamar uh, was actually someone who, who she seduced her father-in-law, to which everybody was like, that's not the Christmas story. That's gross. Like, I don't want that in my, what are you doing, Matthew? And it's almost like Matthew, when everybody, like, you remember Tamar, Tamar, Tamar. Like, you remember that, and everybody's like, no, I don't want to remember her. Please stop with the Tamar stuff. And he's like, no, I am just I just want to let you know. I want to let you know. Like, she's in the line. And here's the weird thing. Like, Jesus' line was actually not from Zara, but Perez. And they're like, you don't even have to be. He's like, I'm just saying, extended family. She's a crazy aunt. I'm just saying, put that on the table for you to remember. Like, can we please move on? He's like, fine, okay, we'll move on. So then he kind of keeps going. Verse 5, here's what he says. And then he says, well, Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother, here we go with mothers again, what's up, was Rahab. Rahab, now here's the thing with Rahab. Rahab was like a double whammy. First of all, Rahab wasn't even Jewish. She was actually a Canaanite, which right there, right away, uh, no one would have put a Canaanite in the Jewish family line. No one would have ever done that, okay? But here's the other thing about Rahab. You see, Rahab here, she had a nickname, and it wasn't Rahab the Canaanite, okay? Uh, it was Rahab the lady of the night is the best way I could say it, okay? Like that's, uh, and, and so anyways, and everybody's like, man, why you got to do that, Matthew? And he's like, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I want to want to put that out there. And so everybody's like, man, can we just please move on? I don't I don't want to think about Rahab, the lady of the night, like, let's get to somebody, seriously, he goes, okay, but before, before we keep going, I just want to say it again, Rahab, okay, and then uh, he, we keep going, he goes, okay, I'll bring somebody in that they might be proud, he says, okay, then Jesse, verse 6, Jesse was the father of King David, and everybody's like, finally, thank you, Matthew, geez, somebody we can hang our hat on, uh, David was the father of Solomon, so like, man, thank you so much, Matthew, for doing that, King David, that was, that's the important guy, that's who we need to know, thanks for getting there, Matthew, but here's the thing, Matthew couldn't help himself. He just could, he was like, I got more to say. He was like, You know, David was a father of Solomon, whose mother again was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. He's like, you, you remember that story? You remember that about David? Uh, just wanted you to remember. They're like, why? You know, and he's like, and, and again, if you don't know, David this the, the guy, your boy, like the guy, the, the big king, the guy that everybody was like, David's man. Like, you know, he's, uh, remember when he he fell in love with Bathsheba, his best friend's wife and had his, his best friend killed. Just, just want to make sure that you remember that. And everybody's like, man, why are you doing this to us, Matthew? And all of this, what he was saying is I'm putting all this here. I'm going to leave nothing else to be questioned. Like All of these people were actually in the line of Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, the the chosen one sent from God, and he went out of his way to show us and show people. Hey, and also, by the way, God chose every single one of them uh, to be in the line. He chose every one of them to be a part of Jesus' family tree. And at the same time, which I find so—maybe this will bring a little bit more interest into reading this. He's like, this is the line. This proves that Jesus was the Messiah. You can go all the way back, and it actually lines all the way up that this is the Messiah who came from today. Pretty crazy way to start the Christmas story, right? And this is a heck of a family lineup for Christmas dinner. And then, like, it's like, Jesus, like, you think you got problems in your family? Like, you check out mine. Like, you know what I mean? This is the worst, like, Hallmark Christmas movie lineup ever. Like, you know what I mean? He's like, I got you beat wherever you think you are with your family. Like, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even Jesus' family, like, I think we think differently, but even Jesus' family wasn't perfect. He had the good, the bad, and the ugly, but hey, it's family, right? There's a song uh, by Drew Holcomb. It's called Family. And Here's what he says about family. This is true about all of them. He says, you don't choose them. You can't lose them. We all have a song to sing about our family. Some crazy, some are amazing, some have a little bit of everything. Isn't that so true for everybody, amen? I mean, that's just like, that's me. Like, I know for me, like, we got the good, the bad, and the ugly, and sometimes we got all three going on at the same time in the same place. Like, I'm just saying, like, it's all going on at the same time, and it drives me nuts, but listen, they're not perfect, but they're mine, and at least I could say that, you know? And regardless, regardless of where you are, Wherever you are with God, wherever you are in your life, like whether you're single, married, divorced, kids, no kids, grandparent, wherever, we all have family. Every single one of us has family. And so felt like one of the things that God was lining up for me uh, to talk about in this series uh, was just kind of talking about building up our families. Like this is what a, what a time uh, to talk about it. There's no better time than this, I think, when we to get together for holidays. I just think maybe we want to talk about building up our families because because here's what I feel like. I just felt like uh, this is so important for us to, to talk about because man, I just feel like there's just this epidemic going on, everybody, and and it's not just an epidemic going on out there. I think it's also going on like inside these church walls. I think there's something happening with our families all over the place. Where I think, gang, listen, we're just losing God's vision. We're losing God's vision that he has for us to, to pursue and go after with our spouses and our kids and our families and to build into them. And, and so I thought what we could do this morning is kind of just talk about some things, go after him a little bit, maybe find a little bit, come on, a little bit of revival uh, in the vision for our families to build him up, to keep him strong. So I just thought that'd be a good thing to go after. So here's what we're gonna do. If you're taking notes, you can grab them out there. What I want to do today is I just want to go after what I'm calling uh, family essentials. I'm going to take five of family essentials that we're going to look at and I think that we could pursue and to help build in God's vision, uh, not only for a a strong family, but to kind of keep it strong, uh, get a good grounding on on what it is. And here's the thing. I think these five things apply to not just, uh, uh, you know, parents with kids. Like, it absolutely will, but, but this is for everybody. Listen, if you're here and you have any relationship that you care about, any relationship that you want to build into and that, that you really want to get as healthy as possible, listen to me, all five of these apply. So here we go. If you're taking us, I want to start out, uh, to get us going here in, a, in a, a, a psalm here. This is what it says, or Proverbs 24, 3. Here's what it says. It, it says, by wisdom, by wisdom, a house is built. I don't know if you know, uh, thought about much but wisdom, but wisdom is not something that you can get yourself. You can't find it uh, from yourself. You can't just get wisdom coming in. It, it comes from something else. Actually, the Bible says something about wisdom. It says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is something that other than human is something we have to actually find from some other source, from, from a God source. He's like, but it's by that that a house is built. And then he says, and by understanding, it is actually established understanding, I, I was looking this up the other you know, the other day when I was researching, understanding is more than like comprehension. I found this interesting to think about. Here's what understanding means when it comes to the people in our lives. This is something to maybe think of. This is an effort to apply all the truth into the dynamics and craziness and personalities of the individuals you're in direct care of. That's what understanding does, right? So it takes that kind of understanding uh, to make your relationships strong. So if you're taking notes, I thought maybe this would be a good take home. I found another translation that I loved with this scripture, but here's, here it is for us to maybe take home. It takes wisdom to have a good family, and understanding to make it strong. It takes both those things going on. And, and gang, listen to me, some of that stuff's is out, out of our grasp. We've got we to tap into something else in order to get it to go after uh, our family. So, so let's go. There's five five things we're going to go after, five values. And, and again, as I was looking, these things just popped up over and over, not only when I thought about my family, but just when I thought, uh, when I was reading stuff, they just kept popping up. Here's the first one we go after. Uh, and it's the most important one. It's the one like you can't really move on past and, and do anything else in, but you have to have authentic faith. That in order to build strong families, that keep it strong to, to actually build them up, like we gotta look at what authentic faith looks like. There is nothing, listen to me, there is nothing more important. There is nothing better that you could give away. You can't give anything away that makes a bigger difference or impacts the legacy of your family more than your faith. Not just faith, than your faith. The other day, um, we were talking in our home group and we were talking about this. We are talking about faith and the question we asked was, hey, whose faith, whose faith that uh, in your life shaped your faith more than anybody or anything else? And it was really crazy because almost every single person in my home group, they didn't answer with a church or Sunday school thing or a Sunday school teacher or of that. Most of them answered their parents or grandparents. Most of them answered parents or grandparents. And I just found it interesting. And here's the thing. I don't think it was a coincidence that that group of people made it a priority to be in a small group on a Tuesday night saying, no, we're going to get there and we're going to do that. We're going to study God's Word. I don't think that it was a a coincidence. I think it's directly related to the fact that that's how their faith came to be because it was directly impacted by people closest to them. It builds in. Listen to me. Faith in the family, everybody, here's what I want you to know. It starts with you. It It doesn't start here. It doesn't start with me. It starts with you, a genuine, walking, talking faith where you're leaning into God, you feel his presence, you, you feel his forgiveness and love and, and you joy. You have joy and you have peace because of it. Every day, every day you walk in that where the, where the Holy Spirit speaks into your life and he guides you and he helps you in wisdom. I think there are, there are a whole lot of people... I think there are a whole lot of people that, that walk around not really understanding what that is. I think a lot of people uh, would equate faith as to coming to church. Like faith is kind of doing this thing or, or taking this activity. And, and they never really know what it means to actually lean on, lean on the power and the strength and the ability that comes from God. They miss, they miss entirely this relationship with God. Here's the thing, here's the thing. If I give you one piece of advice. Like one piece of advice that would be the best thing in your parenting or in your marriage or in your relationships, it is this. Get close to God. You hear me? You, that, there's nothing better that you could do than for you to get close to God. Here's why. Here's why, everybody. He will never lead you anywhere wrong. Never. He will never lead you the wrong path. He will never leave you. He will always give you direction, wisdom, clarity, strength, clarity, help, control. He will give those things to you if you get closer and closer to Him. Uh, I came across this in my summer as I was studying man I just kept coming over and over to this man and I just found this as an ask for me statement I just want to share this this is in Joshua 24 15 here's what it says to us about faith it says man choose choose for yourselves on this day not tomorrow not choose this day whom you're going to serve and here's what he says but ask for me and my family we're going to serve the Lord some of you today like you know I don't know some of you have faith some of you might be on the fence with faith some of you are thinking about your faith right now and here's what I'm going to tell all of us choose choose what you're going to do with that. Maybe somebody need to reevaluate your time and, and your efforts to be going after the Lord, going after faith together. I'm so serious about this. I'm so serious about this. This is where it starts and ends for me and Courtney. Like there is just, this is where it starts and ends for our family. We are not perfect by any means. I, you know, we're not perfect, but it, this is not about being perfect. But listen, we, we are actually, we have no question about what we're supposed to be doing. We have no question that this faith is supposed to be pursued. And we talk about it. We just ask each other. So here's what I want to ask everybody. When's the last time you asked your spouse or your, or your kids or somebody? close? To you, hey, hey, how's it going with God? Like, how are you really doing? How are you doing? How's it going? What'd you read? What's he teaching? When's the last time you did that? That's, that should be an every day, every week uh, kind of thing. What's he teaching? How are you doing with with just infusing this relationship that you have uh, with God, infusing this kind of authentic faith into your life every day? Not just so it fills you up, but listen to me, that it overflows, just naturally overflows into the people that you love and that are most important to you. So that's the first one. It's just like, you might as well just stop at that one uh, and think about that one. But here's the the second one. This is really practical uh, to be going after and building up a strong family is that we need to have intentional consistency. Every family, I think, Needs to have some consistency. Needs to name the consistency. Like they look different for different families. It doesn't mean that, that, that there's a big list that's the same. But but it is one of the most important. Consistency is one of the most important things that reduces stress and brings stability into any family in any relationship. Consistency in the family. Here's what it does. It develops routines when you have consistency, and it actually builds momentum. If you don't have a consistent thing going on, you'll never be able to build momentum because it's just all the time. Like you you, you don't you, you're always wondering about what's going to happen. What's the next thing? What are we doing? What are we not doing? Like, you can't build momentum when you don't have consistency. And here's why it's so important, gang. It's so important to have consistency in your family, things that you don't have to worry about. Because, listen, I don't know if you notice this, uh, but we live in a world that has just become more and more unpredictable and unstable. And that, that leads to stress and anxiety not just for us, for our kids. It leads to so much stress and anxiety. I actually came across a study uh, that was done uh, several years ago. It's called the Life Change Index. And here's what it did. It measures the impact of a bunch of stressors that we experience in life, just all kinds of life. And this a big, long list of, of all kinds of stuff. And what they do is they assign numbers to each one of these stressors that happen, and they're called LCUs, which are life change units. Here's just a few that I, that I found interesting. So if you, go, if you go through experience divorce, for instance, that's 65 LCUs. If you uh, if you move if you move just a change in address uh, it's it's 25 LCUs uh, change in church activities I found that energy, it's 19 LCUs trouble with in laws is 29 LCUs that seems low that seems like <laughs> not to me to you like I love my in laws they're great uh, but it just seems low uh, but here's the deal here's the deal here's here's the thing here's the point. It, what it's saying is if you get anywhere close to 300 points on that scale, then what it le- you are at risk of a breakdown and even long-term health problems in that number. And here's the thing. This is why I brought it up, gang. The more I looked at that list, the more I got kind of bummed out because the more I saw on that list, it just there's way too many things that we find is normal. Way too many things on that list that we're like, yeah, that's not that big of a deal. Things that I think people 50 years ago would have looked at and that we would have talked to, they're like, you're going through all that stuff, really? Like I just, listen, the world we live in, It's so stressed out. It's, there's so, and here's what I'm gonna say. There are so many of us right now, and listen to me, even our kids are way too close to that number, gang. Way, way too close to that number. But gang, here's what we do. This is the good news. We combat it. Here's how we combat it. We combat it by being consistent and predictable at home. And I just want to say this. Here's what I want to say. I'm, just gonna throw, I'm not picking on anybody. Gang, listen, we are way too busy doing stuff. You hear me? We're way too busy not staying planted. We're moving around. We're chasing things. We're not staying planted for any amount of time long enough to actually bring stability and, and things into our home that, that are just kind of scooting away. Then the margin gets scooted away if we don't stay planted. It gets scooted away from things that we should be going after in a consistent Basis, and they just get pushed out. We're way too consumed with doing stuff, and it makes you crazy. Like you know, it makes you crazy, right? Like here's a test. Here's a test, just to see if you have a stressor that makes you crazy. Like if you find yourself, you know, like yelling up, going, "Kids, it's time to eat dinner," and they run to the car. You're too busy. Like you're too stressed out. If that's what they see dinner as, running to the car. Like you're you're stressed out, man. Like it's, you gotta be. You're you're way up there on that scale, right? Why why is it why why is it so bad? Well, God tells us, man. Like if you're doing it, like here's what it's gonna feel like. He's he's just saying, you know, I'm just telling you, it feels like you're you're running around. You're just gonna be chasing each other's shadow. This is what it says right here. It says you're you're merely moving shadows. You're just passing ships in the night, man. You're just passing lights, man. High fiving in the garage, and it's just gonna end in nothing. That's what he says. And so, so man, we you just be moving, you've crossing paths, and, the, and here's what I'm gonna say: the best families I know, the best ones that I admire that I look at, I'm like, man, you got a strong family. You got they are very intentional with what they are consistent in with their time. Like they're so, and here's just a couple things they 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 are they are intentional about guarding their time. Uh, and what I mean by that is like they don't say yes to everything because they can. They say, no, 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 we're guarding our time so that we can actually have some time at home. We're not going to say yes to everything so they can have family time at home. And they're consistent. This is the bigger one. They're consistent with what they would say are the top three or four priorities in their life. They don't, And they don't just say it's a priority. They actually consistently put their time there so no one in their family has to wonder about a couple things. Like nobody has to wonder, are we going to church or not? They don't have to wonder No one has to wonder Are we sitting down for dinner or not Again, they pick these things and say No, no, no We're putting our time into this This is what we're doing Uh, The families I look at and say Man, that's that's what they go after And and here's what I think think, Here's here's what I think they know This is what I think they know I think they know That no one's ever going to look Listen to me No one's ever going to look back And go, man, if if we just did one more sport Man, he would have been there No No one says that like no one says that they, I think they look back And they're glad They were more consistent With their time And not their tasks Everybody you hear me That's just what I think And listen I want to give you Biblical advice Here's why I'm giving myself Man I feel the tug I'm telling you right now I feel the tug Of that too But for me man I just want to look at What God says about it And I, and I want to really weigh this out I want to weigh this out With the people And the relationships That mean the most to me And say man What are the things That I want to be consistent in What are the things That you don't have to wonder about What are those Gang listen to me Just please listen some of us are doing the same things over and over, and we wonder why we're not finding peace. We keep doing the same things, and we're wondering like why we don't see different results. But listen, and here's it we're all consistently doing something. We're all consistent, and if it's not working, change it. Amen, everybody. Just change it. Turn a corner and say we're going to make a change. We got a family meeting. We're going to change some things, and we're going to we're going to go after this together. Okay, so that's the second one. We got to have intentional consistency. Here's the third one: uh, is that we have to have express love. Express love. Now listen, like I know. I think the first word is important, expressed love. Love, I know the songs are trying to convince us otherwise. It is, we are not just hooked on a feeling. Like it is more than a feeling. Love is an action. Love is an expression, okay? So I'm just going to say it this way. If you are not expressing it somehow, we do not know how you feel. You hear? Like, we don't know how you feel. This is especially important in your words. We don't know how you feel if you're not saying words. If they're not coming out of your mouth, we do not know. Uh, Check this out, Ephesians 4.29. It says this. It says, um, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words, your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Your words can either build up or break down. And and there's neutral ones in between, but here's what I'm going to say about them. The neutral ones are leading you down a path, whether you think it or not, okay? And you gotta say them. Like, like, not saying words are just as important sometimes, just as detrimental sometimes. Is saying something to you And you gotta, listen. you gotta say I love you every day How about that? Let's just start it Say I love you every day Like you don't know if you got tomorrow Say I love you every day And, and so here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna help some of you in here this morning uh, I'm gonna put some words together Other than I love you uh, To help you express love to someone uh, And I'm not naming any names or genders But some of us need a little bit more help than others uh, Expressing it man. Uh, but we're, I'm gonna help you, okay? Take notes, all right? Write this down. Here's here's something you can say. Just, I'm serious. I need you. How about that? Saying, I need you to someone. I need you. How about this one? I'm for you. I'm for you. I love that phrase. I love that one. Uh, To know someone is willing. When you say I'm for you, man, is when somebody else knows, man, they're standing in the gap with me. Like they're not going anywhere. I'm, I'm in you with this. It can make a meaningful. If if Courtney uh, tells me that she's having a bad day at work, uh, I that's what I love to say. Hey, I'm for you. Instead of just sending a pray emoji, I'm like, no, I'm for you. And then I'll go pray, pray, pray. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't want to send the emoji. Uh, but I'm like, man, I'm for you. It makes a big difference. How about this one? I believe in you. Man, when's the last time you said that to your, your kid? I believe in you. Man, I believe in you. How about this one? I appreciate you. Man, I, who's, what kind of day would you make if you just told, hey man, I, I just want to let you know I appreciate you. Man, I would make somebody's day just by saying it. Here's the last, this is hits me the most. How just, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And I can tell you, man, I was going through this, like, and I don't know, I don't know if it's like, something I just, I don't know, I just feel this, I feel this, like, kind of tug for dads. And this doesn't mean that it doesn't apply to you moms, but I just feel like uh, I need to speak to some guys here. Listen, to, to think your son or daughter knows that without you saying it, it's not true. They don't. They don't. I just feel the need to kind of speak into you for a little bit, dads. Like it's just just a little bit Because I mean Maybe some of you say Man that's not how I was raised My dad wasn't like that I got along okay without it So it's just not very natural For me to say things like that And here's my encouragement to you With a smile Get over it Get over it Don't let that be a barrier Don't let what your dad did Like don't, don't continue that process Man don't let that get in the way Of your God given ability It's your job To encourage you That's your job dad to encourage, give words, and it's your charge to do that like this. it's And it. here's the thing, you don't have to conjure it up. It's in you. It's in you. God put it in you. It could be the most powerful thing that you ever do is to say these things on a consistent basis, okay? Here's the fourth one. This is just an absolute for any family to stay strong is you don't just need grace. I don't know, this may just come from me. You need amazing grace. I'm just saying, like, it needs to be amazing sometimes. Like, I, in order for me, I'm like, it's gotta be amazing. Uh, but you need amazing grace, God's grace is so amazing, and it? like it's just amazing to think about. We sang about it today, love singing about God's grace, because instead of giving us the punishment we deserve, man, Jesus just laid down his life for our sins. It's amazing grace. Instead of uh, condemning us, he freed us instead of that. And here's what's amazing about it. This is what's amazing about grace. Gang, we bring nothing to the table for God to look at and go, oh, yeah, now I'll do it for you. We bring nothing to the table for it. to get. He, just, he doesn't just give you grace. Gang, listen to me, it's amazing grace. It's undeserved. It makes no sense. Like His grace, it makes no sense. That's why it's so amazing. And here's the best way, this is the best way to show that you actually understand it. The best way you show you understand grace is by giving it to the people that we love. You don't hold on to it. You actually give it away. I don't know why it is. I don't know if it's just me, but sometimes isn't it true that one of the hardest places to give mercy and grace is at home? Why is that? I don't know why. Like there are days where I come home and I walk in uh, and I and I walk into the battle zone right away. I like open the garage door and I turn and I just turn around. I'm like, nope, I'm not. No, uh. Uh-uh. And I'm like, I'm going back to the car. I'm going to lose it. Like I ah, I just sit in the car for another five minutes. I'm like, this is it's like threat level red in there. And uh, I'm like, I got no grace in me. Like I just like I don't even know what's going on. And I just my 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 boil level just gets right there. I don't know why it's true, but listen. And here's what's true, but grace and mercy have to thrive in the tool house for us to survive. We found, we're lucky. We found that early on uh, in our marriage before we even have kids, and I'm so lucky for that because some of us found that out later in life. We just got lucky, and we said, no, 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 we need grace. We need amazing grace in our family, and I praise God for that. So here's what I want you to do. Everyone, everyone do this real quick. I want you to look at someone that you came in with or somebody they you love or know. Look at them right now, and I want you to say this. You aren't perfect. Say it. Oh, man. Some of you had that loaded up. I'm telling you, man. That's the same. Thing. I heard somebody go, you ain't perfect. Like, I, I, all right, now, 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 come on, come on. How about this one? Now say this. Now say this. Ready? Neither am I. See, the first one was way louder. It's like, you ain't perfect. Neither am I. Like, I, I, So it was their problem, right? Like, here's Ephesians 4.32. It says this. It says, instead, it said we know, like, this is, man, like, we're not perfect. Relationships are hard. So instead, how about this? Why don't you try this? Be kind. Just be kind to people you love. Tenderhearted. Be tenderhearted. Forgiving one another just as who God through Christ has forgiven you. How does this work? Here's a, uh, there's a whole bunch of things that, that I could list here. I just want to give you a few helps here today, uh, a few things to give some practical ways to let uh, grace be winning in your home and in your relationships. Just a few things if you want to list these out, uh, and you maybe watch later. I don't have them on the screen. But here's the first thing that you could do to let grace be, like, sort of winning in your home. First thing, remember who they are on the inside first instead of seeing what happens on the outside. That's huge. Huge for grace to win. Just remember who they are. And that takes practice. Like, because the first thing you see is what's happening on the outside. and You just got to be like, remember who they are. Remember who they are. Remember. Like, chant it. Like, you just got to just chant it until it actually becomes a norm in you. Remember who they are on the inside first. Okay, here's the second one. Man, recognize and celebrate the differences. Recognize and celebrate differences. Listen, God made us different. God made us different, and, and I'm so glad he did, you know. Uh, not everyone needs to be like me. And, and once I start to get there, I'm like, okay, Grace can come in. Because believe it or not, like, I don't think I'd be as happy as I think I would if everybody was like me. I, don't, I think I would be really frustrated, honestly, if everybody was like me. I don't know why I to keep wanting people to be like me. Like, I would really frustrate myself. Uh, but like, here's the thing. The more, the more you see differences, the more you see this, and celebrate them. Bring them in. Don't, don't try to put any expectations on there. The better you're going to grow together. That's the same. Here's the other one. This, this one's, I cannot tell you how huge this is in marriages. <laughs> believe the best first. If you write anything down in this one, just write that down. Just believe the best first. Believe like if 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 they're late, just believe the best first. If they're late, believe something happened. Believe the best. First. If, if dinner's not ready or something got delayed or whatever, believe the best. Grace believes the best first instead of assuming the worst first. Okay, this is so huge. I cannot overstate how huge that is in marriage. Here's the fourth one. This is what I'm working on. I'm working on this one. Um, unfortunately, it's too high on my list of things that I do. Uh, be slow to anger. Be slow to anger. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to let you off the hook right now. You probably have every right to be angry. All right, like I'm just giving you the pat. You you are okay to be. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. So, but here's what I want to say. Is what I want to say. Like once it comes out, you can't get it back in, gang. Like, once it come, like you can't, like, stuff that anger back in. So, so man, just, just let's work on, uh, why not work on this being a little bit further down the list instead of, like, up there on the top? That's all I'm saying. Like, just be slow, slow down. These are a few things that grace can do, a few things that will, will allow it to win in the house, right? I came across this in my reading. Love what this says. Here it is. Grace, here's what grace, there's a difference. Grace can be the difference between people in conflict and people feeling connected. That's the, di- like, grace, right? It is the, dip. grace is the only difference between people in conflict and people feeling connected. I love that, just to think about that. I'm like, okay, then, grace, grace, grace. Gotta give grace, gotta give grace. Here's the last one. This is the best one. We gotta have fun. You got have fun. Like, you gotta have simple fun. Like, we gotta have fun. I think there are way too many families today. Like, you're just, you're just too serious. Like you too serious about things, you're taking life too serious. You're busy, you're running around, you're tired, you're worn out, you're stressed out. Like I don't, like we've got to think about. Here's what Solomon says. I love this. He's the wisest person that ever existed. And here's what he suggested to us. He said, I recommend having fun. There it is, for, thus saith the Bible, go have fun. He says, have fun, because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way, they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work. we got to work, but we got to play that God gives them under the sun. One of the things that uh, I want my kids to know, like a couple things, man. I want them to know they're loved, no matter what. Like, just like, nope, you're loved. I don't care what you do. Uh, and I might get upset, but I love you. Like, they need to know that. And here's, I want them to know that we do not take ourselves seriously. Like, we take God seriously, but we are a fun family. We do not take ourselves seriously. I love that we are, de- right now, the six and 4 year olds kind of easy, but, but what it looks like for us right now, just easy, simple things. We have what we call like family fun night. Uh, where, and, and Henry actually made this, as he establishes, but where we get together and we watch a movie. We don't just watch a movie. Like, you're not allowed to sit on furniture. Uh, we get popcorn, and then they get to pick all the toppings every time. They're so gross. Like, I don't even know why they pick them. But I go to the sheets and get them and bring them back. We put them all in, like, this glob of popcorn. And then Henry gets every single blanket that exists in the house. Every one. He has to have every one of them. They're, like, piled up this high on the floor. And then every light has to be out. It doesn't matter if it's your closet light upstairs. He has to turn every light out. And then we all have to lay down. We all, we can't, you can't sit. You have to lay down and watch. It's great. Like, family fun night. Uh, Got to have some fun. Got to have some fun. Quit taking yourself so seriously. You Got to quit doing that. Life is wait. way we are not guaranteed tomorrow. Amen, everybody? So, man, I think those are the things we go after. And if you can get going on these, just look at that list, just thinking about that. I think if you keep coming back to these things and you keep practicing these things, here's what I think you're going to find. You're going to find these are going to be some of the things that matter in the long run with God's vision to grow your family and also keep the relationship, any relationship that you want. To, to be stronger I think it'll keep Those relationships strong And here's what I want to say Before we get done Here's where it starts everybody It starts with me It starts with me It doesn't start with Anybody else outside of, It starts with me All this start, I have to get settled With my faith And, and my job And my attitude it start it start Before I get to the we I gotta start with me Everybody you hear me I gotta start there And and, 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 and we gotta think through it So here's where we're gonna We're gonna uh, just listen The band's gonna play a song I just want you to look at this I, want you, I just want you to Use this time to respond Like God's speaking to you like there's gotta be one of those things where you're like, yeah, there, there we go. And I want you to think about this and, and think about where you're at with this. What can you do today? What can you start today? What can you do to lower lower the tension in your home? Build up the relationships that matter the most. What is God speaking to you about today? And then I'll come back out. <laughs> Thank you for putting relationships that matter to us. And thank you for just giving us people to love and care for. Thank you for giving us the example of what love looks like. Thank you for amazing grace and help us not to hold that in, uh, but to give it away, give it to the people who mean the most of us to us. And, and God, just help us see where we're deficient uh, in some of these things. Help us to, to not only look and see where we're deficient, but, but see where we need to change and give us courage right now because it takes courage to change. Help us to change some things for the better of our families and the relationships that matter the most to us. Some of us in here, as we're praying, I just feel the need to pray healing right now. There are relationships that are in really bad shape. and and I pray right now that that God you bring a healing to to people right now and forgiveness and and the things that they need to have the hurts that need to to go away they could go away because of you God and I just feel the need to pray that right now I pray for healing in the name of Jesus Christ you heal them and bring them peace because they have the peacemaker in them and then they they are the peacemakers in this life not because of who they are but because of the peace that you bring to them help them bring peace to the people in their lives and some of us right now they don't know peace you do know the peace that comes because they haven't experienced your grace yet and some of us in here haven't started a relationship with Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you just speak to them right now through the Holy Spirit, that they come to know you, accept you as their Lord and Savior, that they can do that right now just through saying, man, I need you and, and I want you to forgive me, wash me clean of your sin and, and take that away and I'm going to start new with you. Uh, you, are, you are who you say you are and I, and I just come to you and ask for forgiveness and, and God, so I can start this journey with you. God, we love you. Thank you uh, for this message. Thank you for for talking to us and giving us wisdom in the things and the people that matter most to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. It's been awesome to be with all of you here today. Uh, We got a little something for you on your way out, so don't forget uh, to grab that and we'll see you here next Sunday.